0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas LeHuang, and you're listening to the TL Podcast, where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. So what's up, boys? What's happening? How are Long time no see. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Everyone's been so busy. There's been Lots so many things happening, seminars and awards night, and you know, non-stop. How about you boys?
1: Yeah, busy, 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 busy.
0: I, I don't know what's happening. This market has just just gone crazier than last uh, quarter. Absolutely mental. I mean that in the nicest possible way. What What's going on? People are finding money somewhere under their mattresses or what? What's happening? Yeah, crazy times. Well, just zero
2: stock. But the money that he's getting thrown around, I just... I, so when you say zero stock, am you having an issue with stock as well? I wouldn't say an issue because as soon as we listed, it sells. So that's a great okay. thing.
1: Yeah, right here. Yeah.
2: Chris is going to make fun of me, but he knows. I can't use that bloody contraption, mate. Can we get an automatic bottle opener When you opener say contraption, we
1: just want to clarify it's a bottle
2: opener. Can we get an automatic bottle opener in here?
1: You have one, it's called Chris.
2: (laughs) No, so it's funny, everyone says low stock, low stock, but when you look at the property reports from Pricefinder, which I show my clients at every appointment, there's actually more sales in all our areas than the year before and already this year's in front as far as number of sales compared to trending more sales than last year again. So I think the thing is, it's perception is people's reality and because we don't see any, on has two houses on the market, two. Wow. That's amazing, um, but so there's already been there's already been ten sold, which in a small suburb is, is since, is since a the lot beginning of, of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many houses in the suburb? Two thousand three hundred eighty-eight. Wow, wow,
1: that's that's big numbers.
2: But they're literally, they're selling, everything's selling in 24 hours if it gets to market. So I don't think it's as low a stock as people think, it's it's just the days on market is so short that you're not seeing it. Anytime I've been, in, and you guys have been in real estate a lot longer than me, but anytime I've seen a lot of stock, it's only because shit's not selling, which we don't want. Yeah. So we can either complain about not selling them or complain about there not being enough of them, or no, I'd rather them selling than not So.
1: I don't know. I was spoken to recently, and someone said, "Oh, how's stock levels? And how are you going?" I said, "Oh, mate, I, I need more stock." And they said, "Chris, good market, bad market. Agents always seem to need more stock." Cheers, Cheers boys. Cheers uh, boys.
0: What are we drinking? Yeah, what is it?
2: R U B B I S H? No. I
1: went on my first uh, wine tour with Cam and uh, a few others in the Hunter Valley at the end of last year. It was about four million degrees outside, <laughs> but uh, it was
2: forty-eight degrees.
1: Yeah, we could have cooked an egg on the, on the road, but we went to quite a few uh, vineyards, and this is the first one we stopped at. Beautiful vineyard. Um, they sold a lot of condiments, which were all made within the actual premises, so like thick vinegars, like...
2: The best chutney I've ever tasted. It's too good go. for this podcast, that's why I haven't brought any... Chutneys bit. and all, all sorts of things, but I tried
1: their Merlot, It is a 2014 Merlot, the vineyard's called Moorbank, uh, we were taken there first, it was the first stop of the day... They had some food out for us, explained the wines and so forth. And I, as I said, I'd never been to a, a wine tour before. We're treated really, really well. They had their conditioning cranking, which was great.
2: Oh, There's water to misters, wasn't
1: it? I think we walked out there a couple hundred bucks poorer. And uh, Cam said, Chris, you never buy a lot at your first vineyard because, you know, we get home and it's it's not the same. Well, I've had a couple of bottles of this already, mate. I'd say it's always been I was the going same. to say,
2: no, it's a good sign that it came from the first because usually by the 10th vineyard you're buying everything. Oh, and right, you get it, okay. You get it back <laughs> and you go, what did I even buy this? So, so I
1: bought six bottles of this. I bought a case of this and I'm really, really enjoying it at home. I was more worried about
2: your budget than anything. I'm like, Jesus oh. Christ, if you spent 500 at the first winery, we were in for a long day. No, it wasn't that I'd yet. have it a guess. We haven't done many Merlots on, on here. Probably
1: not, No. Well, God, it nice.
2: might be the first straight Merlot we've done.
1: It's a, and I haven't yeah, chilled yeah. this at all. It's room temperature, but room temperature, it's a little bit colder than normal. It's a very easy drinking Merlot. Uh, good legs on it. So if you're going up to the Hunter Valley, have a look, look them up. Moorbank, beautiful people will serve. It was a family business. They've got a dog that follows you around wanting the, the crackers that you we'll eat. eat. We'll eat all food. your
2: crackers. <laughs> the Blue Healer. Yeah,
1: the Blue Healer. But uh, yeah, absolutely beautiful, beautiful vineyard. Great wines. Uh, uh, quite a good selection there. And the chutneys and the condiments and so forth, which they give you to try with the wines along. It's very, very smart sales sort of tactic they've got, selling both hand in hand. You can't go wrong. Top Mm. vineyard to go to. Well done. All
0: right, so let's get into our topics, right? So which is uh, the February chapters of the uh, Daily Stoic. (laughs) Uh, What are you laughing at, mate?
2: Page one of February. What does it say? For the hot-headed man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Immediately I thought, stitch up. Interesting well, what, what topic. What did we get, you know? guys? What did we get? Well, I mean, the, the subheading for it is passions and emotions, but there's a lot in there about anger and how useless it is and how yeah. a lot of us try and use it but not to any success. But then it also, there's a lot in there about um, gratitude and... and desire and being happy with what you've got it sort of when yeah. it, if you said passions and emotions you wouldn't think that would fall into the same category but for everyone there was about anger there was something about not On the flip side wanting so much and and being happy with what you
0: got so yeah it's an interesting month story yeah yeah well, one of the uh, things that obviously the pursuit of things that you want the desires Really, they, they quite often shake and drive your emotions into turbulent waters. That's what he means, yeah. I think, in, in this book. So February 1st, the hot-headed man, well, <laughs> I, I thought that, you know, he, he, was, he did very well when he said that um, anger is not impressive or tough. It's a mistake. And I thought, yes, anger is, is not impressive. Can you know, I just talk about the hot
2: headed man for a second in a there's less serious... There's a picture of Cam on Yeah, my book, no, no, that? you know where there's a picture of there's a picture of Chris Ola last Thursday when you told him we had the podcast Right. and he rang me. <laughs> back 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 back. The hot headed man. <laughs> that was more at myself than him, what, can I say, That was
1: more at myself. I'm going His what emotions the fuck if I forgot. Is his Absolutely, emotions man. and
2: passions and uh I hate to it forget was something.
1: not I hate to forget? Do you know there was
2: a podcast today?
1: Mate, I'm driving to a I funeral. This fuck, this he can't do keep, this! I tell you, you're going to keep, you're going to cop it back, I tell you. If that was a fanning of shit stir, Thomas, I'm telling you, you're going to cop it ten times back, you're going to cop it back. Because I'm sitting there going, I read it and going, my hidden players just peaked straight away. I'm going, what have I forgotten? Yep. And just set me off straight. I'm going, no, nah, I can't have. And then in my head I'm going, Cam wasn't ready because I'm sure Cam had something on today. So I'm sure Thomas <laughs> is wrong. Because I come up to you at the Kickstarter gun. Well, when's the next one? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll organise it. And that was the last I heard of it. And then when he's going, well, what, what have I forgotten? Did I hear something?
2: So this would have been a good chapter for you, mate, about oh, not, not letting wrong, external man. things yeah, wrong, stir your anger. You
1: know what? And I can say, and I can say, reading this chapter, or looking and self analysing and thinking about how I act to certain things, absolutely. And it's just not that other things and being able to let go of stuff and moving on. I think for me, that's a that's a big thing that I've got to learn is. You know, if something happens, get over it, move on, forgive, and forget. Yeah. And don't carry that as luggage, because it really just kind of weigh you down. It's that, that yeah. emotional baggage. Yeah.
0: But but what, what do you do with a guy who says, no, I, I will let it go when I'm ready to let go, right? I've decided that, you know, what people have done to me, it's always external things I've done to me and made me angry. Well... When I am ready to forgive, I will forgive. What, what, what do you say to these people? Well, it's
1: uh, it's hard to say anything. I love a say. There's a saying that I've heard. It's holding on to that resentment is like drinking poison and
2: hoping the other person dies. No, the book tells you which. What's the line in the book in February that he uses to say to people exactly like that? Trivia question for you. No, what is it? Tells us what to say to people who are carrying on.
0: The one about fear. There's a whole
2: page about. Is that making you feel better? And oh. asking it of people yeah. when they carrying on and then Is asking, that what you ask yourself now I, these
0: days when that happens?
2: No, cuz you, you know what you don't do is you don't read that page and then walk out to your significant other who might be complaining about something go is that making you feel better? It didn't work. <laughs> no, that line was for about you <laughs> asking yourself not it asking didn't others. Work. And you know what you know you know what? What's the next page after that? See how good your memories are. What comes after Is it making you feel better? Oh, I couldn't tell you. The next page is you don't have to have an opinion. So I've walked out, (laughs) said, read the book. (laughs) So not only did I ask, is it making you feel better? But then I have my opinions.
0: I'm here to test all the theories. (laughs) Do you know, I like it how he says it like, because that's actually something that just happened recently. And he knows that about the book. Listen. For me the the amazing thing about these February chapters is we want a lot of things we want our children to be the best they can be we want our children happy we want to get that extra house that investment so that we can have a better retirement time you know and all of those wants they actually chain us and they shift our emotion back and forth because when we don't get it or when we when our children are having a bad report suddenly mm. Our entire mood changes, mm. you know. It is so, so crazy, but it's so much, so impossible to do it, especially if you, on the one hand, care about your children. Therefore, you don't want them to fail. You want them to have everything, they, they, they you know, positive. But then, really, in the end, you're robbing them of their own experience, yeah. and you are relying on external factors to have balanced emotions. That's not possible.
2: On the 17th, he actually talks about it being the enemy of happiness. That's what he calls it, the desires for and wants for everything, and um, you know, it's one of the lines you've been repeating a lot recently. TL comes to mind: is happiness brings results, results don't bring happiness. So the want for all this stuff before we're happy with what we've already got is an ongoing theme throughout the month. I think, and,
1: um, and it only brings disappointment if you don't achieve that. Happiness. Well, you're just it's never happy. That expectation
2: that you're you've never got. happy. It's something I've looked at a lot. It's triggered me on a lot because I want a lot of things. I want a bigger house and i wanted the car and i wanted 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 and i'm like what am i just sort of made me check myself absolutely what the fuck am i doing to myself yeah you know like and then i looked and when i actually sat with it for a while my goals changed a little bit around it i'm actually quite happy with the house we've got but i do want an investment property i don't need the mansion to live in we fit in my house fine you've both been there it's okay perfect it'll do and just reminding myself because you're looking
0: for the garage i'm an an impulsive you found the garage there's a garage there you found it there is a garage there (laughs)
1: Is there a garage? There is a garage. Do you keep wine in there? No. no that's, where he <laughs> <laughs> that's where he put his kids. <laughs>
2: no. no, but I'm a, I'm a massive impulsive shopper, right? So I see something pop up and I'm like, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. And uh, it's just But st- that's the thing it's he's stupid. saying, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, that, that pursuit will make you unhappy. makes you terribly unhappy and terribly broke. I'm here to tell you that too. Now, the because
1: other thing that I got out of that was the circumstances in life control our feelings. And within real estate, it happened to me the other day. Within five minutes, two phone calls from two listings that I just signed up, both cancelled. Now, those circumstances, just one after the other. One was on the phone, and I hung up that one, my mobile rang, the other one rang. One changed the mind, the other one found a tenant. And uh, real
2: estate will make this book nearly impossible for most <laughs>
1: people. <laughs> Mate, I'm glad I'm not the only one, because yeah. now I look at it, man, that pissed me off, man. You know, I, My state was screwed. And unlike yourself, I can't change it quickly. It took me a little while to get out of that. But that circumstance had no feeling to what I was feeling. It was how I perceived that, how I could control my feelings. And that's what the crux, I think, in February is. You are in control of you, whether it's your happiness with what you have, your environment, what you are experienced that day. Or the other one which I loved was one of the sayings that he did was about fear. And I shared it with the team the other day. Um, Is
0: February 7?
1: I believe it is. And many are harmed by fear itself and many have come to their fate while dreading fate. So you're not doing what you're not doing out of fear of failure or fear of the unknown, but then...
2: Fantasised events appearing real. Right,
1: there you go. That's a huge one as well. We're all scared
2: Um, of stuff that's never happened. How is that even possible? Right. So you
1: won't go into the dark because you're scared of spiders, but there's no spiders in that dark. So, I mean, really, does it make sense not to go there? So, and I said this last podcast when we are talking about the Stoics, I I think it's absolutely fantastic. Anyone who hasn't picked up the book must, because even though it was written... How long ago? 1,200, 1,500 years oh, how long ago? The, it's so no, relevant. No, no. The book was over, written in 2018. Over 2,000, 2000. Over 2000 years ago. <laughs> the book was these, written no, in 2018. these ideas. But, these ideas I, mean, are, I mean, these yeah, ideas yeah. were written. Well, I, think, I think it was fantastic. Did anyone
2: have Mark the Tenth? I think it's almost slightly controversial, the Tenth. It's titled Anger is Bad Fuel, and it talks about how a lot of successful people in life have done it on the back of proving people wrong or... Someone told me this a while ago, so now I'm going to do this. And it's so such a popular concept in society that, that then he rubbishes it though and then he says, well, when do you sit back? Yes, you might have proved that person wrong, but what toll did it take on your health? What toll did it take on absolutely, absolutely. carrying that poison? It's almost a controversial statement that because almost every successful person Every sports person likes to get up and says, "I'd oh, you know they never picked me when I was young and I've used that to fuel me my whole life. And what he's saying is, yeah, that's great, but how many years have you taken off your life by using that as your motivation? And I remember you saying it to me once about, I don't think I was using hate, but I was using competition to fuel me. And you said to me, that's only going to serve you for so long because once you win that competition, what's going to drive you to do the next thing? And he talks about using that hate might work for you for the four weeks it takes for you to prove that person wrong, but then what? Yeah. So I thought that was something worth discussing because we've probably all done it. Have we all done stuff out of trying to prove someone wrong? Absolutely. There's no question.
0: Lack of maturity, man. Yeah. I I like February 6th, uh, especially that it is an extract from uh, Seneca's uh, moral letters when he said, I don't agree with those who plunge headlong into the middle of the flood and who Accepting a turbulent life, struggle daily in great spirit with difficult circumstances. The wise person will endure that, but won't choose it. Choosing to be at peace rather than at war. And, and, and I had the wrong belief that, you know, life has to be about struggling, striving, doing more, getting more. Until one day, many years ago, where I realized that you don't have to do that. If you must, yes, you can. But there's a way of choosing a path of peace, yeah. a path where your inner being somehow finds some level of happiness rather than plunging into all these things, which actually only bring you to a focus on the end part, the destination, not the journey. February 11, I think. Yeah, what is it?
2: Nero. Nero? For business owners managers chris and for anyone in a position of power i would i've got here underline boss versus leader i think it has a lot to do with some of the stuff we've talked about has a lot to do with some of the stuff we saw during COVID last year within businesses we knew and out there in the greater world our soul is sometimes a king and sometimes a tyrant a king by attending to what is honorable protects the good health of the body in its care and gives it no base or sordid command but an uncontrolled desire fueled overindulged soul is turned from a king into that most feared and detested thing, a tyrant. There is that saying that absolute power corrupts absolutely. At first glance, that's true. Seneca's pupil Nero and his litany of crimes and murders is a perfect example. Another emperor, Domitian, arbitrarily banished all philosophers from Rome. Many of Rome's emperors were tyrants, yet not many years later, Epictetus would become a close friend of another emperor, Hadrian, who would help Marcus Aurelius to the throne, one of the truest examples of a wise philosopher king. So it's not so clear that power always corrupts. In fact, it looks like it comes down in many ways to the inner strength and self-awareness of individuals, what they value, what desires they keep in check, whether their understanding of fairness and justice can counteract the temptations of unlimited wealth and deference. The same is true for you, both personally and professionally. Tyrant or king, hero or Nero, which will you be? And too many bosses yep. well that's what a boss is absolutely a tyrant who uses their power for evil and to dominate others and to fuel their own desires There's
1: ulterior motives to what they wanted things to do and so rather forth. than being a yeah. hero
2: which is putting the bodies it controls first so I yeah. think there's a huge lesson in that it's for the
1: same uh, way they say me we, yeah
2: we've understood. talked about that a lot when we talk about leadership but I think if, if bosses were going to get anything out of that month February 11th is one. Where you can look back at your actions and go, "Who am I being here?"
1: I think that's something we need to reflect on often: is uh, looking at how we we hold ourselves with our team in times of you know when we're being tested. Instead of saying just go and do it, maybe explain why to go and do it. There's many, many
0: yeah. But first sort of, of all, maybe we shouldn't be taking the first action that comes that spring to mind, right? You know, they they, they self-preservation is often the first. There's there's they say that there's <coughs> thousands of solutions, you know, only a few wise ones. And I think that as a leader, it is your duty to really control your emotions and make sure that it is your intelligence or your reason that is really controlling your emotions and come up with the solution that actually is the wisest. Not necessarily the best, not necessarily the most reactive, but taking into account your entire team, the circumstances of your business, the best path. What, what is the enemy of happiness? I, I thought was that was a, that Yeah, oh well, you go for it. it you go for that on one, that man. One. It's you just quite on. impossible
1: to unite happiness with a yearning for what we don't have. Happiness has all that it wants and resembles the well fed. There shouldn't be a hunger or thirst. And it, I think it speaks volumes in the say that just, just be grateful for the moment for what you have now. Look, I took this a little bit of a different way. Just look in reflectively where you were 10 years, 15, 20 years ago to where you are today. Have you yep. moved forward? Have you got more? Have you achieved more? Are you any more happier than you were 10 or 15 years ago with more? So maybe it's not with more, it's about enjoying what you have more.
2: We talked about a minute ago. It's exactly the, the constant desire for more things means you could never be in a place of happiness. How can you possibly be ever in a place of happiness if you're, you're only wanting more? That's what it's talking about there, being the enemy.
0: But it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because salespeople who are in the competitive industry like real estate want more. Yep. Leaders who uh, run real estate businesses are people who want more. Mm. So if you are in an industry 24-7 that drives you for more, don't you become that desire for more? Well, the, the contrarian to that
2: would tell you that The want for more is the positive human trait and drives you to bigger and better things. You should never be happy. You should never settle for what you've got. You should always be striving for more if you're going to counter that argument. I think what he's trying to say, and, and from personal reflection, you can be happy with what you've got and still like to have other things. It's being okay with, yes, I'm going to strive for more in a sales sense. Yes, I'm going to strive for more sales. Yes, I'm going to strive for more commission. Yes, I'm going to strive to get higher up the leaderboard.
0: But you know what? If it doesn't happen, it's okay,
2: potentially. Um, but the, what,
0: what I think he's talking to about uh, the wanting, the desire for more, is that as long as it is as it does not corrupt your values, it will be fine. It is when it is corrupting your values and disrupting your inner peace, mm. then that desire for more is really unwanted.
2: To that point, that's probably why real estate agents have got the reputation that they do as a whole, because yeah. a desire for more has corrupted values and a, and a large. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very broad statement, but there's a reason we're only ranked slightly above used car salespeople in in people's opinions, and I think that's what we're trying to change as a network and change from within values our offices and bank accounts, We're trying to do absolutely. different in the industry, but the rewards on offer in our industry, unfortunately, have corrupted. Yeah, Be careful saying the majority, but all that, based on what I see out there, it's probably the majority are corrupted by the potential result.
1: I love the line in this on February 17. They say, <coughs> like the horizon, you can walk for miles and miles and never reach it. And you've got to change the mindset of happiness and be happy. I think what we're trying to say is be happy now. It's okay to want more and strive for more, but still be happy now. Happy with your allotment, happy with life. doesn't mean don't strive for more and don't improve and, and so forth. But be happy.
0: Yeah, don't make your happiness being a condition right, of go. having more. more.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's it. Right.
0: When I get this, I'll be happy. Yeah. When yeah. I get
2: that, I'll be happy. When I, yeah.
1: So, so there's there's no secret that we're all trying to lose weight, right? But by the same token, doesn't mean we're not happy the way we are. We just know that losing weight will make us a little bit more energetic, so we'll be able to do more things with our kids and so forth. But doesn't mean that's going to hook our happiness on that. Well,
2: that's where that's where it's a, an interesting topic to discuss because you can't be. I mean I personally shouldn't be happy with where I am I'm 38 years old on blood pressure and cholesterol medication that's not something you should be happy about so again there's that contrarian argument saying well you can't I think would it be fair to say maybe that it can't be the way you live every aspect of your life wanting more it's okay to be unhappy in some aspects if it's a dangerous one like mine like if I'm happy being where I am I could be dead by 50 that's not good and that's probably not something that should be settled for yeah it's different to saying we have to lose weight because i've got a bit of a gut and i'm not happy with what i see in the mirror and other people look down on me because i'm that's a that's a different sort of
0: what's driving you yeah and i don't think any of us are doing it for that reason I they c- look down on you until you get into your lexus right <laughs> <laughs> that's when they look up to you mate but the cars changed me. You saw me rip. <laughs> I ripped my shirt off at Kickstart. I didn't care who he thought I was. I haven't you taken my
2: mean? shirt off for ten years, and all of a sudden I'm walking around. You know what I You know mean. You can Absolutely, you got to be careful saying being happy. Just be happy. You, weight loss is a great thing because there's a great way to debate it. There's a concept out there going to get shot, but especially amongst females, where you go, girl, it doesn't matter that you're three hundred kilos. You be proud of your body, and you be proud of this. That is wrong because you shouldn't be 300 kilos you are going to die so it's a it's a being able to live with yourself I i three 300 kilos but i'm going to do something about it i don't know it, it, it's an yeah, interesting it thing th- we can't sit there and i don't think even if we could put ourselves in the heads of however many thousands of years ago these quotes were written yeah right i don't think it's possible to be happy with everything or you shouldn't be
1: you shouldn't be content with everything. You do nothing. If you're content with everything, you, I think you would do nothing to move forward. You were saying before about people looking down on you because you're overweight. I think that's one of the things they say here, isn't about happiness or about your perception. They say it later in the book about because that's their perception or that's what you think they think doesn't necessarily make it true. Well,
2: it's letting external things control your emotions, yeah. which he hammers home. He hammered I mean, home all through January and yeah. all through February, and,
1: uh, and that's and that's where I was coming back with that. If you believe that is the concept, of like the thought process of people about you. You need to start changing that, I think, to start with, to help yourself along because he says it in the book, as I said.
2: It's having the right reasons for doing something. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
2: TL's pretty quiet on that yeah, one. Have yeah, you not started I'm, trying to lose weight? I'm yet?
0: really going on to – no, I have. Uh, <laughs> I'm really focusing on that February 29th where you can't always be or you can't always get, get what, what you want. Right? And to me, I'm I'm looking at it, yeah, okay, sure, we need to have our reasons controlling our emotions, not the other way around. However, we also have to make sure we don't live like a robot. Because there's people out there who totally shut their emotions because reason is the only way they want to live their life. But I think that what is very important is that you decide when you want to experience certain emotions in a positive way just as much as you decide when it is healthy to let them off. I think that is the important bit in, uh, in this talk. So before
2: it's he talks about that, we can tie it into the same page yeah. because on the 27th he talks about cultivating indifference, which sort of goes against what you're, you're suggesting. The stoic way was to not have a feeling good, bad or otherwise about anything. And, and you're saying, well, be careful we don't turn into robots. But on the 27th, he's saying exactly that. Cultivate indifference to all the good and all the bad and just be, just be. Mm-hmm. So how does that tie into what you're saying on the 29th?
0: To me, to be a stoic and not wanting all of these things, that's his way. Remember what I just said to you. There are things you don't have to agree with. And he doesn't agree with the pursuit of disrupting your emotion by wanting more and, and, and achieve more. Maybe somebody else does. And I think that when I read the 29th for me is you can't always be what you want or you can't always get. That means, yes, it is okay to aim to get, but you don't have to always get it. He's also saying on that page, I believe, stop
2: wanting everything now. Stop being trying to get everything yeah, right it's this about second. prioritisation. You can't always yeah. be wanting to get, I think, is... is part of it. You can't live in a constant state of more, 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 more. Because some shit takes time. Some shit's not within your means. And if you don't understand that and you can't live, it's alright wanting to live on the water at um, Terrigal and wanting, wanting, wanting. But if you don't understand the fact that you make $45,000 a year at the moment and you probably can't afford a house at Terrigal, but you sit there going, oh, but that's what I want and I'm jealous of everyone who has it, you're just destroying yourself stupidly. Understand where you're at have goals set and set a plan in place maybe to, to get that. there, right, yeah. but you can't be wanting it all right now because it's not humanly possible. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You can't go out and do it. I also wanted to say this, that to answer further to your question, in, on February 24th, what he's saying in that quote is, we retain control of ourselves. We decide whether to label something good or bad. So here is a range of things. He's not saying don't go for emotions. He's not saying never have uh, reason control emotions to 100 to zero. He's saying we decide. Is it healthy? Is that what we want? Is that serving us? If it is, then have it. Th- that's what it is. I don't think that the stoic was about shutting down emotions and letting reason mm. be the main driver.
1: Choose where you're going to put your energy. You
0: decide. And, and, yep. and I think that that's where we have to be understanding it, that the real harm... Is how we react to things. The real harm is us making bad decisions because of our inability to perceive what is from what is not.
2: Not giving reason thought to our reactions. Well, of course, we're going to react, but well, I think one of the pages is think before you act. I didn't. Um, I think, I think circle just choosing it, where you put
1: your energy, choosing what you. I mean, sometimes it's not worth it. You think, okay, that's wrong, but it's just not worth the fight or whatever. And if you've got an opinion, but. Sometimes it's not worth reacting. You know it's not going to achieve anything.
2: We all know that, though. And But we all know it after the fact. The trick is now having it put in front of you in black and white. You know, I, don't and is, is know I don't think everyone no knows it. know I don't think everyone knows it. Well, if, if everyone's idiots it. on
1: Facebook about coronavirus and black people. Yeah, but it, I know.
2: think if we just wrote, responded to every single person, is that making you feel better no, from that page? 100%. Everyone would know it. And, and everyone would honestly say, it didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what someone said or didn't say. You can go and hit someone you can go and punch a wall you can do whatever i guarantee you the answer to the question maybe after half an hour maybe after a couple of days is did that make you feel better answer is always going to be a no if you didn't put reasoned choice into your into your decision making yeah, now we're
0: going into uh, you open up the Endora boxing man i, I think that would you guys talking about social media i think that anyone who writes something on social media wants to be right and It's going to be very hard for you to go back and try and teach them something because they are going to. It's such a good question, though.
1: Again, I I think we're going away from this with social media. They can write what they want, how they want. It's how we respond to to it. And it comes to February 26, which is uh, to each his own. And that's, you know, another one has done me wrong. Let him see to it. He has his own tendencies and his own affairs.
2: Now, it's the 22nd.
1: Oh, 26th. No, social
2: season. media, 22nd, doesn't need to be said.
1: Oh, okay, right.
2: Yeah, that's the question. Like, yes, you can have an opinion. Yes, you want to be right on Facebook, but do you need to be? Do you need but, to be right again, in that moment? But
1: again, that's your opinion about them. What I'm saying is let them have their opinion because you, you can't educate idiots, right? No, but they're so, questions
2: but they're questions that they could ask themselves or we could ask of them that would shut down the conversation real quick. Right, it wouldn't shut everyone down, but the the people out there who think they're intelligent by having opinions on social media, and I've been one of them. So you need
1: to ask them, though.
2: But Thomas is saying you're not going to be able to stop them. I reckon by going one, did you need to say that, or do you need to say that, or and two, did that make you feel better? So all of a sudden, and then I why re- won't <laughs> happen the first time or the, the second like time. <laughs> oh, I reckon it's a great. I reckon it's a great question, mate. I reckon that. No, I don't think that, you that you'd be better. able to
0: stop them because I think that. You want me to get to everyone? Society has built—I mean, at least the Western society has built a need to be right. Yeah, they'll argue you got to they, do it. that you are only significant when you have an opinion. You're only significant when your opinion is published. The more people read it, the more significant you are. This is this is where fake news was born from. Now. You're not going to change these guys. They, they, they hit this thing to do that. What I think there is an upcoming industry from social media is the day when you will be sued for writing the wrong yeah. thing or defamation mm. on social media. I reckon that's going to be a multi-billion dollar business for lawyers.
2: Yep. I'm doing my law degree as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to walk go a for judge. because You know what? I'm going to get a shirt made up that said, does that make you feel better? Just walk around. <laughs> wearing, That's how we can reach the masses. <laughs> I pulled one out for you, TL for Kickstart. It was on the 18th, preparing for the storm. Talks about the plan and needing to have a plan and yeah. needing to prepare. And I thought, we're well, just coming out of Kickstart. And I had a bloke turn up on my doorstep 12 hours after Kickstart finished <laughs> because he wasn't happy with the uh, plan or lack thereof, the, the storm that s- certain somebody hadn't prepared for over that two days. So that that 18th would have been a um,
0: a good one to... No, but th- th- I actually uh, wrote something else about this. On the one hand, he goes, prepare for the storm, have a plan, right? And then on the other hand, uh, the entire month, Ryan Holiday has been writing about, don't be attached. Don't be attached. <laughs> to the outcome, right? <laughs> don't, don't have want. But hold on, isn't a plan about an designing answer. something to get the want? <laughs> so, you know. so so I had to read furthermore, and this is when I understood the plan is an outcome, but you don't attach yourself to the outcome.
2: No, you don't attach yeah. all your emotions. So to
0: the, the, you, you attach yourself to the process, which is the plan. Mm. Yeah, That took me a little while really, to yeah, get that good. thing. Yeah, And if we can tie that
2: into, you just triggered me on something, if we tie that into what we spoke about and we talked about at Kickstarter, and we talk about with our staff all along as, again, being a little bit contrarian, we, we tell people not to focus on the numbers but focus on the results. But the numbers is the plan. The numbers is the process. The process breeds that result. So it's a little bit contrary yes. to... It,
0: it should be the process. Unfortunately, a lot of them use it as a target. That's, a, that's the well, issue. Well, they use
2: that as a result instead. And hence, that's when they start The 150 out. calls is a process. So then as leaders, we get, our, we get a smack on the wrist for being too heavily focused on the 150 calls and not focused enough on the appointment. But the appointment is the, the goal. So just relating it completely to what happens in our office obviously in the greater scheme of life it's a little bit different but we, we talk a lot about just focus on the appointment just focus on the appointment don't focus on the numbers but if you don't do the numbers
0: you're not getting the appointment the problem is that if you focus on just doing the numbers you may actually in pursuit of getting that numbers you may actually break your values now and count a bias call as a number and miscount and happily miscount by a, a, a another five into your numbers or say to yourself, well, you know, I'm, I'm five numbers behind schedule today. Do you know what? I'm going to get it that tomorrow. And then I, I end up not doing it. I think this this is a problem of having that pursuit now being totally annihilated by us breaking our values. So what and this is a question
2: for you too, what self-talk needs to go on then for the individual to understand that, yes, well, the appointment is the goal, it's not the process, and, and to not cheat their numbers and, and to do that stuff by, by using the process as the excuse, as you, as you were just saying. There has to be some self-talk go on there because...
0: I'm not sure that you really need to look at self-talk. I, I think that you need to really apply what we've spoken a, uh, quite a fair amount of times ago, and and that is better people will make better all blacks, which is better people will make better organizations, better people will make better business for you. If at the beginning you hire a good person, you won't need to do these things. Mm. At the beginning, you hire right back. It doesn't matter how many systems and procedures you have to counter that. He will find a way to rape and pillage your system. So you need to make sure it's about Finding a good person. I, I, I have, I have an you know, example so. for the moment. You know, I, I just hired someone in my IT team and I had the opportunity to get three or four candidates that were actually better skilled. And my IT team actually thought, you know, there's people who are really highly skilled in here. But in the end, I said, no. The person I'm looking at is a person who's maybe fifth or sixth on the ranking, but the quality of the person is way, way better. So I had to explain to my team, what do we want to do? Are we going to go short term, get someone in to just do a few things and then and then be okay with them going? If it is so, yes, I have no problem with going to skill. But also, do you have the skill to counter them when they're going to have a fight with you? And yes, they might be having finishing their job earlier because they're faster, because they, their skills is high level. But would you like to spend the other half an hour that they save because they're better skilled arguing with them? Or would you rather have someone who is going to bring the synergy of the team to a next level, whose skills can actually catch up after a little while? You decide. Yeah. Because for me, if you start with better people, you don't have to worry about principles and you don't have to worry about values, character.
2: She's got character, mate, just so you know. I got warned when I got here not to scare the new staff member, so that's like waving a red flag <laughs> to her. <laughs> A bull, and I said, who's this person I'm not allowed to scare? And she introduced ourselves. Apparently, I've, I'm not allowed to pick on you too much. She said, you won't scare me. That's <laughs> the first thing <laughs> she goes you know, Straight back. She in,
1: must have been, been worn already. Straight
2: back, right? So, well, oh, well, guys,
0: I think that was a very good read, yeah, good uh, read. for the month. So uh, I can't wait for March ones.
1: That's right. So we're doing the same book for, for the whole yeah. uh, 12 months, right? Because yeah. I was asked by a couple of people recently, are we going to do the same book for the whole time? We it's do
0: so a month every two weeks. Yeah, we every two be weeks. So March will be in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so for March, we're going to have another one here like this. And then for April, we're going to do it in a restaurant. Perfect. So that's going to be a videotape one. So it's going to wow. be fun. We're going to have a bit of fun there. I think anyway, the, boys. The advice
2: would be read the book and then listen and then argue with us or debate with us or have your own thoughts and hear yeah. people's other thoughts because... Yeah. You've already heard. There's three of us here. Have read the same pages and taken something almost completely different from each one. We had very few of the same that's days right. marked down. Absolutely, um, different that's because things. Because our be lives wide. are different level. We're, and we're, we're all li- different. We things. Pick different things. I'm that's clearly right. wiser than both of you, and I'm on a higher level. So yeah, okay. This this means
0: um, this marks the end of yeah. our recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got yeah, March, to March's next. topic is awareness. <laughs> I clearly have none. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Talk to you soon.
1: Bye.